Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's Open Micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that Open Micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald-ass head, Jacob looking in bed. It's Open Micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, Open Micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. Open Micers in the house, Open Micers is a mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. The mic is now open. That's right. The mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig. And once again, we are capping off the month of September with a very esteemed guest here on the Open Micers podcast. He is somebody that you know from uh, appearing on Conan a couple of different times. You know him from the Just for Last Comedy uh, comedy. What the fuck would you call it? Festival. 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 Thank you, dude. Biggest comedy festival in the world. Sure. (laughs) You having a stroke, Jacob? Did that I think I might be, dude. My my sixth grade education just hit me all at once at the very beginning. I think I blame it on the theme song. That's all right. Yeah. (laughs) The theme song threw me off. Uh, He also has a credit with Fox Sports, and you can watch his Don't Tell special on the Don't Tell YouTube channel. I highly recommend it. It's very funny. It's the one, the only. Matt O'Brien, how you doing, sir? Hi, great. Thank you so much for having. Let me tell you about that theme song you got there. Uh, it sounds like it. I've never. It has the feeling of being at an open mic. It, like I feel like I've heard that song at an open <laughs> mic, or like a cafe where a guitar shows up and you're forced to listen to a guy play his originals. That's what that sounds like. So it also sounds add, like it was recorded in a bathroom stall. I don't know. It probably how, was. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah. But let me ask you this. If you, if you were to come to this podcast for the very first time and you heard that theme song, would you stick around to the end of the theme song to actually hear the podcast? Or depends on what mood bail? I'm in. Okay. Yeah, it depends on what mood I'm in. If I, I Sometimes I'm just like, I got to see where this goes. It can only get better from here is what you can yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're, I think that's, it's a perfect theme song for that. Be like, well, it's, it's all sunshine after this. Yeah. And then everyone's disappointed when it doesn't get better from here. <laughs> yes. There we go. Once it remains shit. That's, uh, that's, that's my wheelhouse right there. Oh man. Well, oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the, uh, the show tonight. And, um, what we usually do here for the open micers podcast is it's very conversational. And um, not so much an interview, but we are going to pepper you with some some questions because we are called the Open Micers Podcast. So yeah. give us, what was your very first open mic like? Um, it was actually the very, very first one. Uh, I dated a musician in college and she was playing a, a show at a bar. This is probably 2003 
four, five. It was in the early 2000s. And they were like, you can do anything at open, this open mic. You can even do comedy. And I'm like, oh, I've thought about doing it. And I went on stage and I just made fun of her after she played her song. <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> but it was getting laughs. And I'm like, I this is I'm I'm having a nice time. And she's like, You're a piece of shit. Like you just made fun of me the whole time. <laughs> uh so that was my first like open open mic. The the next one was in an actual comedy club. But yeah, the first one it was uh it was it was rough. We're gonna ruin that relationship. I'll tell you that much. Much like comedy in general ruins relationships. So, so I was off to a good start. So your first open mic, you pretty much just destroyed a uh a relationship yeah comedian destroys relationship that's the youtube uh, video <laughs> yeah. if you want to look at <laughs> if anyone's filming available now on facebook reels <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was done done real quick after that wow what is it about comedy that destroys relationships like that because because it even seems like if you're in a healthy relationship as a comedian it's like it's like it's a constant battle to be like no i i have to go do this date here yeah, it's it's I mean, normies don't understand how stupid the business is and how we have to be, especially when you're first starting, you have to be out all the time. Like you have to be out all the time. It's yeah. I remember uh, with another girl I was dating This is before I, I was with my wife. My wife's a comedian as well. And that's the only reason that this relationship worked is because <laughs> we're both comedians, because uh, I remember it was like Valentine's Day with this other, my one of my exes and. We like finished our dinner and everything. It was the end of the night. It was like 10 p.m. And then I got a message from a guy being like, hey, do you want to come do this show? And I, I was like, hey, I'm just going to you're asleep anyway. You don't care. Right. I'm going to go do the show. Right. And she got really mad. But I'm just like, you don't you don't get it. like I, I have to go do every show because I, I am nobody. I have to do everything right now. Yeah. So that's the number one thing that ruins it is is just having to be out. And then when like a normie girlfriend does come with you and it's some shit dank ass piss bar in the middle of <laughs> dick hole nowhere. And you're, and she's like, this is where you wanted to go. This is where you've been trying for months to get on stage. The piss den in Toluccaville fuck town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's where I'm do. filming my special. I'd still love to play there. <laughs> yeah. It's still <laughs> money is money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm glad that I was sort of out of my open micro phase when I started getting serious with my fiance, <laughs> because she would not have been able to survive me trying to go to like, because down here, so we're on the coast of Mississippi, so we have one open mic here. So if we want to get up more than one time a week, we have to drive an hour to Mobile, two hours to Pensacola, two hours to New Orleans. Oh. So I was driving two hours to New Orleans on a Thursday to try to get on the list at an open mic. Oh my God, man. Yeah. It's no, you shouldn't be in a relationship when you're in the open mic phase for sure. That's <laughs> we're disgusting little fucking rats running around, not knowing what we're doing. Yeah. No woman should be, or, or anybody should be subjected to that. It's, well, Jake, it's, Jacob's <laughs> pretty stupid. He had a kid during his open mic phase. Like, really? What, what were you thinking, yes, man? <laughs> What'd you name uh, the kid? Bucket? <laughs> <laughs> that bucket was the only thing pulling that night you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> dudes <laughs> yeah dudes doing stuff oh man which uh and things have not gotten better luckily i'm not like running around doing open mics anymore but like i i just got an opportunity to open my for somebody at a theater for the first time ever so like my first ever theater gig cool and i had to talk her into letting me go to Pensacola 
to open for somebody at a theater. And I had to sit down and be like, you don't fucking understand how long I've worked to perform at a theater. Oh, yeah. You have to let me do this. <laughs> and she let you? Yeah, she let okay, me. Okay, good. Thank good. Yeah. Amazing. Great. Great girl. Good the if best. Not, dude, if not, we'd be arguing about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have emailed you. You've been like, no show tonight. I have to yeah. settle something. Dude, she's, fi <laughs> she's filing divorce papers right now, and you're not even married yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. She's going to be like, no prenup. Let's go get married real quick. Yeah. 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 On the way to the courthouse. Oh, man. Uh, Jason, did, did comedy have any? Uh, well, you, you started comedy after your divorce, didn't you? Uh, no. Or right before? <laughs> well, the first time I ever did the open mic, I was still married. I, that may have. That may have contributed to my uh, the downfall of my marriage was open mic yeah. comedy, but uh, but no, is I didn't actually start doing it heavily until uh, I was getting divorced because I was just like fuck it, I can pretty much do whatever I want now. So Hell started yeah. doing comedy. That was basically my therapy to to get through the, the divorce. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of open mics. That's where you, that's where divorce guys thrive. It's uh, I, I did open mics with hundreds of divorce guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't do the healthy thing where we go to actual therapy. We just get on stage and talk about our bullshit. To yeah, you yell about your balls in a bar where people don't want to hear about it. That's yeah, the best yeah. thing to do. Yeah, it's what I would do. Hey, it's better than shooting like, up I wonder why he got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's better than shooting up a movie theater or something. You there know? you go. That's uh, much better. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll, weird example, but okay. You'll be there. You'll be there one day, Jacob. You'll be there. No, I won't, dude. I'm not. I might be in the theater, but I don't think that's gonna be me. Well, oh, when man. you're when you do to get divorced, we'll uh we'll I'll take you out to open mics uh whenever you want to go. So Oh, oh man, good. got that Thank to look you, forward Daddy. to. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm I'm giddy for my divorce now. Let's let's Can't go back wait. to doing open mics and Four hours away in Lafayette, Louisiana. Please. How big is this uh, theater that you're doing? Uh, it's it's not very big at all. Um, I looked at some of their. Uh, like Are you allowed those, to say the, who the comic is? That you're up for? I don't know who it is yet. Oh. Uh, I just know that I'm I'm booked. So I, okay. I don't. Yeah. So I have I have no idea who I'm even opening for. Um, some of the more more recent musicians that have played there that are famous are like Pop Evil. Um, okay people like that and, and the people i haven't heard of as well but uh it's yeah it's it's a small <clears> theater but i think it's it'll probably fit probably about 200 people something like that oh hell yeah that's juicy that's a juicy amount of people yeah dude i mean with the right headliner i'm, I'm very excited to uh to be doing that so you know you have no idea so you're gonna find out when you get there who the headliner is no no it, it's not until december so oh it's not until, okay just curious yeah so I just haven't been told because I think they're they're talking about money right now. So ah, gotcha, gotcha. that old business. I was just yeah. trying to think who's like the biggest canceled comedian right now. That could be like the worst person for you to open up. <laughs> oh, it's going to be Dalia for sure. It's going to be Dalia, Dane Cook. Uh, <laughs> Wait, who's a bigger one? Who's like the I think Dalia is the biggest one. Yeah, he's the biggest one right now because uh, CK yeah. came back and won a Grammy. And uh, that's Rus true. Russell Brand. <laughs> oh God, yes, that's who it's oh, gonna dude. be. <laughs> I fucking wish it was Russell Brand. You oh, know how no. you know how valuable that credit is right now for all the UK guys who have opened for Russell Brand. Oh yeah, wild. <laughs> that's like Absolutely opening for Kanye wild. at a music festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
if it is somebody canceled, are you still doing it? Like genuinely, yeah, are you, you're still doing it? Yeah. Well, it depends on because I think about like the most controversial figure in comedy. It would have to be someone like Carlos Mencia for me to cancel. Really? Okay. If it's Mencia, gotcha. I would cancel. But I that's the only example I could think yeah, of. Yeah, because he would steal all your jokes if you if you <laughs> opened up for him. No, I don't. I don't talk about building the wall, dude. I don't think he's gonna steal any of my jokes. <laughs> I don't talk about my abuela and my act. Yeah, I don't think there's anything he could take from me. Well, there's always time. Yeah. So take us a to little. To take us after you did uh, your your first open mic. Like how would how when was the point where you actually thought like I think I could do this for real? I like. I was really cocky. I my first club. Uh, like you and ninety-nine percent of other comedians open my. Oh comedians. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how you get into this. You don't yeah. get into it yeah. being like, oh, maybe you're just like, no, I'm funny. I know it. I'm gonna keep doing it. I I did an amateur night at Yuck Yucks in Toronto, nice. and uh, that was my first kind of club gig. And I was like, oh, I killed. I can-. and in looking back, I did not at all. But it was in my head, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this. And so I I I set myself up for the work because i i talked to a lot of pro comics and they were like you got to do this for like five ten years before you even get any kind of serious so like do go out every single day for a year and if you don't like it after that then stop and so that's what i did i moved to toronto i went out literally every single night like uh there's a comic that i, I came up with dave Murhaj, who is He's on, a, he's on a bunch of stuff, right? He's on Rami on Hulu right now. He's on a bunch of stuff. But we came up together and, and we would go to poetry open mics together just to get extra stage time. And we'd get kicked out all the time because <laughs> <laughs> we'd show up and they'd recognize us as comedians. They'd be like, you're not going to do comedy, right? Like, this is poetry. You have to do poetry. And be like, we'll be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we'd go on stage and be like, ah, so my ass is fucking itching again or like something <laughs> stupid. And then be like, then they'd kick us out after and tell us never come back. Um, but that was, yeah, that first year, like I really went for it. And then I feel like I got in the groove of doing it. But in my head, especially because I started in Canada, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long time before I get anything. But we'll cut to three years later, and I did my first televised comedy special in Canada, which yeah. was way too early. <laughs> so what is the, the, the comedy scene like in Canada? Because uh, there's a lot of comedy geniuses that have come out of Canada, but not necessarily stand-up comedians. Uh, I mean, Russell Peters came from there. Uh, it's, uh, he was one of the biggest ones. Uh, but yeah, the scene's huge. Like there's so many, there's so, here's the, the problem, main problem with Canada is that there's so many amazing, amazing acts, but it's just so hard to get out of Canada and get to the States. Like I, I had to get a green card and it cost me $15,000 to get a green card. And it took me four years of, of lawyer work to get it. And so a lot of comedians obviously can't afford that or, or, or don't know how to do it. And then you get stuck in Canada and Canada doesn't have like a star system. So they don't promote their own kind of thing, which is probably why you're like, I don't know any Canadian standups. It's like, well, the fucking country doesn't care about their entertainment up there. They worship American acts. So like the running joke is if you want to make it in Canada, you have to move to the States. So that's what I did. Yeah. Not just to make it in Canada, but obviously for more opportunities, just because yeah, it's a great scene like Toronto, Vancouver, it's like Calgary. It's a great, great to start, 
but not great to stay in. Yeah. Right. I always forget that Russell Peters is uh, Canadian. Very Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like big stand ups. That's funny that you said that because I'm like, no, there's so many. And I literally can <laughs> yeah. think of one. Well, <laughs> That's well, like Howie world, Man- world, world, Howie Mandel. I mean, Jim yeah. Carrey, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then those are guys too who like Howie Mandel as a stand up comedian, like, yeah, he still tours, but it's like his bread and butter has been, you know, not stand up comedy. Not lately. Yeah, of course. I mean, like May Martin is a very successful stand up right now. They're 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 Canadian as well. Um, there's there's a lot of Canadian, but it's we kind of lose our Canadianness because we just we move to other countries. So like people think I'm an L.A. comic or something, you know, or like right. they don't realize I'm Canadian until I tell them, like, because why would you? Right. But there's so not much walking good. around with a like maple syrup tire or anything on. I mean, I could. <laughs> But there's so much good comedy that does come out of Canada. I mean, look at stuff like Trailer Park Boys. That's oh, yeah. one of the funniest TV shows that's ever been on TV. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that. You had SCTV back in the day. You know, all the people that came out of that, like Martin Short. There was like a huge thing about Martin Short this last oh. week where some dude wrote an article about how he's not funny. And I'm like, and everybody came to Martin Short's like defense. I'm like, thank God yeah. people love He's, that dude as much as I the, do. <laughs> that writer was the only person that thought that. And that was the the, the yeah. first article I've been like, I've seen the comments and not one person was supporting it. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Martin Short is an absolute treasure. How dare you? Who, who, who wronged this person so badly that he ended up aiming his hatred at Martin Short? Like, what yeah. happened to you? His high school bully looked like Martin Short. That's like what a crazy high school yeah. bully. But there's something, there's some sort of similarity there. And I just can't imagine. I like my wife and I will watch Martin Short movies and be literally stop it and be like, who, how can you not like this man? Like we just, you just love this man. So mm-hmm. I saw him in the uh, LA airport. Um, this was like peak COVID time. And my buddy elbows me. He goes, oh my God, I think that's Martin Short. And I'm like, how do you know he's wearing a mask? And then. Martin Short walked by, but he was like doing this like Martin Short walk. Like, he was like <laughs> using his elbows. And then he sat down with an iPad and took his mask off. We're like, holy shit. Like he walked exactly like how you think Martin Short would walk. <laughs> yeah. Is he short? Public. Is he short? Like actually short? Oh, tiny man. Tiny man. He yeah. looks like a little tiny dude. Like you just like you just pick him, like fold him up and put him in your pocket. Be like, do comedy oh, for me. Took everything in me not to just grab that man and shove him in my shirt. Yeah. that's funny dude yeah i think when i saw that it it was a big thing on social media too and i think that there was like a a line dividing people of like everyone over 35 being like yes of course martin short is funny and everyone under 35 being like no he's not funny and also who is martin short yeah i don't know this man yeah so (laughs) shout out (laughs) <laughs> the guy from murders in the building i don't think he's that good why is everyone yeah this is the first, first thing the first thing i've seen him in yeah yeah right first thing he's ever done right he got famous at almost 80 years old this is yeah, the only thing yeah. he's ever done <laughs> idiots yeah i That's don't know funny, like uh, do you think that uh because you're canadian you're just like canadians do really well in america do you think you're you're gonna uh end up you know with a, a martin short-esque career it's oh so my God, I would dream of such a thing, but it's, it's funny because we do as Canadians have to tweak our acts a bit. It's, 
Um, we do have British mentalities when it comes to our, our type of comedy. It's very self-deprecating and very kind of a lot of Canadian comedy is very goofy. And so when I started doing comedy down here, I'm like, I would notice if I did something self-deprecating in the States, uh, Canada, Canadian audiences would laugh at it. Whereas American audience would be like, oh, you think you're a piece of shit? Okay, now I think you're a piece of shit. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like they took it very literally. Like, that's why it, it, you see so many American acts that have such a bravado and such confidence. And you, you, a lot of Canadian acts have to learn that when they move down here. Be like, oh, you, yeah, I have to be like, I have to think I'm the best, even though I you know, started thinking I'm a piece of shit. Like, I thought that's funnier to think you're shitty. And stupid, but I guess I had to think I'm fun uh, the best. We got to tell you guys about B Res Coffee Company. That's right. B Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out of this world chocolate and caramel flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear I can you. hear. Sorry. I can hear both of you. I just thought uh, you were pondering my very deep remarks about <laughs> Canada versus British comedy. <laughs> no. I'm always like, wow, worried I really about cracked this guy open. I'm always no, worried about Jacob's internet because I, I figure eventually the uh, the the hamster is going to run out of energy and uh, <laughs> his internet's going to go out. Oh, I don't know what kind of cables are floating around Mississippi down there. The internet's very good. Jesus. No, dude, it's not. It's <laughs> definitely not. Okay, so you so do you start comedy in Canada or, or so you start comedy in Canada, right? Yeah, I okay. started in, in Toronto in 2007. Yes. Okay, 2007. Uh you said it took you about 3 or 4 years to move here? Uh no, I I was doing it for over 10 years there. Oh, um, well, seriously. Yeah, no, I I got a a a comedy special 3 years in up there because the one of the bookers basically like equivalent to like a comedy central half hour okay they're called up there they were it's canceled now but they were called comedy now with an exclamation point and uh the booker saw me at i did a guest spot at a club and then she comes up to me after and she's like hey uh we'd love to have you on comedy now do you have an hour's worth of material and i did not Hmm. I've, i've been doing it for three years for god's sake but in my head i'm like i can't pass up this opportunity i don't know if it's gonna ever come back and I said yes, and then I ended up doing an hour on t- on TV three years in, which they only used thirty minutes of it, thank God. But yeah. that was like my first kind of big opportunity. But it's but that's the thing with Canada is is I did the biggest one of the biggest things you could do is get a comedy special up there, and then I just went back to my day job the next day, and I nothing really came of it. Like I was able to book clubs after that, but it's not like getting like doing it down here where you actually get kind of famous from doing things right. like that it doesn't so, doesn't happen up there so what so, did you do at that point how 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 much material did you have at that point i had like maybe 20 minutes of <laughs> wow. like whatever so i i there's a bar called comedy bar in toronto and i would rent it out because i had like four or five months to to build a set and i would rent it out and i would headline it and i i just 
pew everything out and try to build an hour's worth of material. And then again, I was going out every single night everywhere I could. And then, and then somehow made it work. Yeah. I mean, looking at the material now is, is disgusting. I hate it. It's the worst, but uh, the worst is it still airs in Canada. So I'll go back and visit and I'll turn on the TV and sometimes I'll see, you know, 2010, 2009 me with a bowl cut. Actually, it kind of looks like your hair. Um, <laughs> Yay. That's my old hair. You, that's where my old hair went. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it ended up at a Goodwill in uh, Mississippi. And you snatched it up. You're like, this smells like comedy, baby. <laughs> it's just, I'm ready for a comedy special. That's what it is. You imagine it's lucky a lucky wig and you get a comedy special in three years? Could That's happen. hilarious, dude. I know a few comics who must have picked that thing up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it stinks. Okay, so when when you're preparing for this comedy special, you're preparing for this hour, and then you film it. Is while you're while you're performing an hour, I'm, is this is the first time you ever performed the hour, right? Is when you record it. I I did it a couple times previously. Like I would rent out spaces and do it, but like I would do it to like barely anyone because I wasn't any yeah. kind of famous comedian. So I would get like you know ten people audiences and and just hammer it out kind of thing. But yeah, that was my first time doing it in front of this theater of people, which was like you know three hundred four hundred people. But they were uh, they were a hot crowd and they were very generous. Thank God, as That's as our good. TV crowds. So, because I was going to ask if you got to like a freshly written part of your act where you just you said in your head at the time was like, oh, I completely fucked up. Yeah, no, it's no, it it oddly worked out. It it worked out at the time, and I was the last person ever to record one of these specials too. Like, oh, wow. uh, the show got canceled, and so after I finished my set. The audience went out and I looked back in the studio and they were literally like crowbarring the set and ripping it down because wow. it was the last one. I was like, I was like, wow, I destroyed this place. <laughs> was my dude that, last that one. bad? Holy cow. No, he's like, I killed so hard. I killed so hard. They had to rip the, the walls down. Unbelievable. I would have asked him like, hey, can I take a letter? Yeah, <laughs> give me something. Give me some kind of paraphernalia. Can I have a wooden board? Yeah, to remind no. me of this. So okay. was, your, was your whole goal the uh, the whole time you were doing that, and you know, it took you ten years to get to America? What was that your goal to to get to America to, to start doing comedy? Yeah, I I learned from a very early time in my career that that Canada wasn't the long term solution kind of thing. Like I would talk to older comics that stayed in Canada and they would talk to me like they were like the ghosts of Christmas future or past. <laughs> They'd be like, you gotta get out of here. Don't stick around. Like they, that's all they would say. They'd be like, Oh, if only I took a chance, if only I went down there and tried kind of thing. And, and so I remember, yeah, even two or three years in, I'm like, I'm going to work my way. I would come down to LA once a year just to like do some shows and try to lay some groundwork kind of thing. And then it wasn't until I was, I started booking commercial work up there and I was a regular like commercial actor. And then I eventually had enough money to get the green card kind of thing. But yeah, it was always the goal was to get out, which is a lot of, unfortunately a lot of comedians goals up there is like work until you can get the fuck out of here kind of yeah. thing, yeah. which sucks. I mean but unfortunately that's the goal for a lot of comics here too and and it sounds like it's so much easier because i feel like every comic all around the country is trying to either get to austin la or new york 
Well, I mean, those are cities. It's a topping countries for God's sake. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, everyone's trying to go somewhere else, but yeah, it, the fact that you can make that decision so easily down here is, is what right. we wanted so bad. Like hearing comics being like, oh, I'm going to try New York out for a bit and then go to LA and then bounce back and forth. And then we're up there, you know, basically it's like Toronto is it like, is especially after the pandemic, Vancouver, like most of the comedy clubs closed. I mean, Montreal has a couple, Calgary has a couple, but Toronto is like the main number one place for comedy up there. And there's only so much you can do and only so many, you know, audiences you can see up there. But yeah, it's, it was the goal for sure. It's just, there's just so much, especially once I started actually booking clubs in the States, I'm like, this is how much you're supposed to be paid. (laughs) And it's, and it's an American money. Oh my God. American funds. Are you out of your minds? This is great. So how long did it take once you got to America? Where did you come to first? Did you move to move to LA? Yeah, right to LA. It was a toss up. My wife and I were going to choose between New York and LA and we were so sick of winter. Uh, we never wanted to see winter ever, ever again. And Toronto is, has a New Yorky vibe. It's obviously not as big, but we're like, we did a city. We lived in apartments, whatever. And so we, we did LA and, and yeah, we just kind of hit the ground running here. And, and it was a shock because, you know, we're touring headliners in Canada. We toured back and forth across the country dozens of times and we're known up there. And then coming down here and you're just nobody again, literally oh, talk about open micers. I was going to open mics. I was going to the comedy store doing the potluck, which is, you know, you're putting your name in for three minutes, bombing. People are like, oh, so you're a headliner in Canada, guy that just bombed three minutes. <laughs> and so I, it, it was just, it was just so much work. It, it took like, like we've been down here for six or seven years and it's like not until like three or four years in when we're like starting to get things rolling again it was a complete career reset yeah Ooh, that right. seems like a lot of work <laughs> to- yeah it's a lot but every time i'd get shitty on myself or i'd feel depressed i'd, I'd be like i did this to myself i did this to myself i yeah. was perfectly happy in canada everything was fine but i was like oh let's try it let's so i did it i did it to myself but i'm glad i did for the opportunities that i got to hear yeah. thank god so so you mentioned that the commercial work down here was some of your first, you know, big paying uh, gigs that got you to come stay. What what kind of commercials uh, were you doing down here? I mean, uh, up in Canada, I was doing kind of everything like fast food. I was like the spokesperson for Bell, which is like equivalent to being like the Spectrum spokesperson down here. Okay. Um, and then down here, uh, you know, I've done a couple insurance commercials. I, I got a Capital One commercial coming out in a little bit. I did. I did a series of Mexican beer commercials with Bruce Willis a couple years ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> which was the craziest week of my life. It was because, yeah, I auditioned for Tecate, Tecate, these Tecate beer commercials, and uh, there were no lines or anything. And the whole thing was like, you're going to be buddies with this celebrity guest, and they would not tell us who it is. And I went through the whole audition process. They kept asking me if I spoke Spanish and I kept saying no, and they didn't believe me. They're like, nah, you'll figure it out. I show up the day of the shoot director fully from Mexico, hundred percent speak Spanish. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I, can't, I don't know what you're saying, but then they're like, uh, oh yeah, Bruce is over there getting a COVID test. And it turns out it was Bruce Willis. <clears throat> and so I found out not until I got to this studio set 
and yeah, just spent seven days with him and we filmed like eight different spots. Wow. And apparently I, apparently I was on billboards in Mexico <laughs> and stuff. It was like, it was like just cause I played one of Bruce Willis's drinking buddies in these like Tecate commercials. Come out it to was the coast. The, we'll, we'll drink some beers. We'll have some cerveza. <laughs> it was weird. The, the thing I took back, I mean, he smelled amazing. It was like, <laughs> you, what did he I've smell never, like? <laughs> he, he, I, I smell like teak wood, like something, sandalwood. I don't know. Because I was like, you're the most famous person I've been this close to for this long. And I was like, you just smell different. You just smell. He's so rich and he's so famous. You're just like, you're just a different. You're not a different planet. <laughs> smells yeah. smells like a man. <laughs> he does. He smelled great. I was like, and I told other people, I'm like, hey, this isn't weird me to say, but yeah, Bruce smells fucking good, right? <laughs> and, but everyone was like, yes. What is that? <laughs> That's the smell like, of money right there. That's money. Exactly. <laughs> it's a scent that none of us can afford. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's- so was Bruce Willis like the coolest guy ever, or did he just kind of, you know, come to set, do his stuff, and then go back to his trailer? Well, it's, uh, I wish it were a more pleasant story, but okay. Uh, this was because oh, I don't you? know if you read the news, but it came out that he has dementia. Yeah. So this was during that. Oh, and but they didn't tell us. So we were kind of waiting for him to show up and we all thought he was like drunk because he was being weird. And then eventually like no one would talk about it. And eventually it got to the point where we're like, oh, okay, this is like, he has like a handler and stuff. But I basically hung out with Bruce, but mo- mostly his body double and his stunt double who also look his body double. I, I follow him. We follow each other on Instagram. Now looks exactly like, like exactly. It's crazy, but he has like a Southern accent. It's so funny. Okay. Like he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. It's so he like picture Bruce Willis and like there'd be times where I'm like, is that Bruce? But then he'd be like, y'all going to craft services? And I'm like, oh, that's not Bruce. That's the double. I say, look over here, boy. Go over here. Grab me one of them chicken fingers. It was, it was crazy. So it was between all three of them. And then, the, yeah, the stunt guy looked exactly like him and he was fucking cartwheeling and falling all over the place and exploding. It was just a surreal, but I'm just like, hey, this is why you moved down here, baby. It's got to suck for him now, though. He's out of a job. Yeah, I know. It, I, it's, I think he, well, I was, we were talking about that because I was like, just suddenly, I was like, what are you going to do? Like, and once he, because he's probably going to retire soon. He's like, I've, I've had a good life. I've had a real good life. Like, <laughs> what, he, he, did he turn into Borat at the last second? Yeah, a good life. I've got a good life. But because he's been his double for like over a decade, and he's just he's made so much money doing it. So oh, it's like, sure. whatever. Yeah. You can only, and, you can ride that so long. And now he can double for Jason Statham instead that's right yeah <laughs> he's got the the bald i mean that's i mean you could too actually if you wanted to well, yeah. <laughs> i'm not in shape though so it would take me a little while to get in shape you could uh... just the head stuff you could do just the head stuff <laughs> yeah that's what he does for this podcast jason's giving me head um... <laughs> oh yes now we're now we're podcasting <laughs> Oh man! Welcome to DJ J and J in the morning. <laughs> Stinking the dink on one hundred two point one. The slut. 
So after after you got to America and and got you know got your feet back under you, I mean, you've been on Conan. So how, how what are the steps to get to that? I mean, it's like anything in Hollywood. I knew a guy. It's uh, it's that's how you book anything. I literally one of my friends uh, was a writer on Conan. A couple of my friends were, but he would write sketches and then he would just text me being like, hey, do you want to be in a sketch in on Conan today? Are you around? I'm like, yeah, what a crazy text to get, of course. So then I would show up to the studio and he'd send me the script or whatever and then blah, blah, blah. And we'd uh, we just film little sketches for for Conan. It was the fucking best. It was insane. That sounds amazing. Like, I want to do that. I'm going to come come like live next to you and let's let's (laughs) do some uh, sketches. Yeah, I could be. Yeah, I uh, I could be your body double. Just give me a wig. (laughs) (laughs) i do need a double well the craziest part about conan is the head writer's name is matt o'brien so when i first moved here everyone thought i was him and he was me some people still do like i would book gigs and they would use his headshot and i'd show up and they'd be like all right i guess you're the guy and i'm like i need a fucking show tonight yeah that's me who cares and (laughs) When I went in for my first sketch on Conan, I, I saw him in the hallway. He saw me from a, a ways and he walks up to me. He goes, well, there the fuck you are. And I went, there you are. If it isn't the other <laughs> Matt O'Brien, you bastard. Because I would I for years, I would also submit writing packages to Conan. And I, I remember talking to a few people and they're like, we thought it was weird because it was the same name as the head writer. I think it, they just got thrown out because they thought it was like a joke or something. They're like, why is the head writer submitting a package to his own show? <laughs> so I'm like, God damn. Yeah, I'm I, I was looking up the other uh, Matt O'Brien right here. Like, yeah, there's no way you guys would get uh, confused with for one another. No. Like, he, no, looks, no, no, no. he looks like a, a buff Rain Wilson or something. He does. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. But nice, really nice guy. He was, he was the best. Everyone on, on Conan. Also, Conan's the nicest man on the planet. It's like, I've loved that man my entire life. And so the first time I met him, I'm like, oh, my God, please don't be shitty. Like, you can't be shitty. And he was just the nicest. He did this showbiz thing where he shook my hand when the first time I met him. He goes, hey, great to see you again. I was like, it's the first time we ever met. But he doesn't know that. Just to be safe. What a nice guy. I was going to ask you that. How is Conan in in real life? Is he is he as cool as you think he would be or is he kind of an asshole or he's enormous? First of all, he is a towering and I'm a tall guy. I'm I'm six three, but I'm just like because every celebrity here is so short. And then you just see Conan. and You're just like, you're huge. He's he's all leg. He's all limbs. (laughs) <laughs> he's enormous but yeah absolutely the nicest and just you're like you were the last i think nice famous person uh absolutely and like we we ended up doing a show with the virgil together and he was also on it and and like just watching him like he i got to watch him do stand up as well which was very nice to see like other than him on his show and yeah he, he's absolutely the best also smells great I'm smelling a lot of guys down here. <laughs> you Americans smell great. What are you, you guys doing? smell great? Good for you. Yeah. See, I figured Canadians. I figured you would smell good. You smell like we uh, stink. Smell like pine, ma- maple syrup, and and 
hockey. <laughs> yeah. The queen. Yes. <laughs> you guys smell like parliament. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like the lack of a constitution. <laughs> a lot of health care. We smell like we smell yeah. like health care, baby. Oh, dude, that would be yeah. nice. I'm like the most diabetic. Can't even oh, afford God. to be alive. Dude. No, Can't even afford dude, it. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's bad. God. Yeah, see, the I, thing is, like, one of my best friends uh, for uh, for a long time, he's Canadian, too, and he got skin skin cancer on his face. He's like, I'm going back to Canada. He's like, fuck this American shit. Yeah, that's my, my friend Scott Thompson uh, from Kids in the Hall. The exact same thing happened to him is he got cancer in America, and he's like, fuck this. I'm, yep. I'm going back up there. And because you, you technically lose your health care if you're away from Canada for too long. But if it's like something dire like that, they'll be like, come on in, yeah. you, you old rapscallion. We'll cure your cancer, you bugger. So I and I had to do that. I, I w- was in Ottawa uh, at my wife's parents place and I got a piece of steak caught in my esophagus and I couldn't get it out. And then so I was like, fuck, we're in Canada. Let's go to the hospital. Who cares? And yeah, they, they rammed the steak out of my esophagus, fixed me all up, <laughs> drugged me up. And I just strutted out of there like a peacock because they, you know, I didn't pay for anything. Dude, I'm still paying for some surgeries I had in t- 2018. I'll be oh paying on, God. and I had insurance, and I'm still going to be paying them for the rest of my life. I hate that. That's what terrifies me the most about this country. I want to be Canadian. <laughs> man, it's, it's something you don't realize while you're up there. It's like such, that's why it's such a trade-off to be down here. You're like, well, do I want more opportunity, but maybe ruin my life if an emergency happens? Or do I want to have a shitty career, but uh, healthcare? I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know. At this point, I'd rather take the healthcare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm waiting for my first incident, <laughs> but walking around la with a fully with a full appendix scares me i'm just like this could happen in any second i'm like this is a ticking time bomb dude i had the worst case of uh kidney stones you could possibly have back in 2018 i had a kidney stone that got stuck for nine days and and in your penis no in the 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 little tube that goes from your kidney to your bladder and it got stuck in there and i had to have surgery and I, I'm just like, I think, because I, I feel like now I'm a ticking time bomb. Like any second, I'm going to get another awful kidney stone and I'm just going to be financially fucking ruined. Oh yeah. my God. That's why you got to just live your life, man. You just got to <laughs> live, damn it. Yeah. Live well, like there's no stones. Yeah. That's every comic, though, dude. Think about how many comics you know to where, like, if they get a flat tire, it's like, well, I can't be a comedian anymore. I'm done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's it's a terrifying business for that. It's especially in the early days. It's yeah, not being able to pay rent and just like just I I was lucky early in my comedy career. I I did have a full time job until I couldn't. I stuck with it, kind of thing. I was an I was an Apple genius at an Apple store. Oh, for, like, for like seven years, and eventually I I quit. Because I was like, oh, I have enough gigs to quit. So I right. luckily for gold, I, I went around being very poor, but I'm still not not doing well. Yeah, see, I've I've definitely been with people and I'm, all right, I'm going to try to tell the story as quick as I can. I was I was riding with a headliner one time to a gig that's like 11 hours away at a comedy club. 
Oh. And um, we just, we cross state lines and we, a cop like comes into our lane, passes, and then passes back behind us <laughs> and turns his lights on. And as we're getting pulled over, the headliner says, well, this is it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not what I want to be hearing as we're getting pulled over as well. This is it. This is it. And so he had an expired tag. He's uh, he had he's from here, but he had moved to Phoenix and then moved back here. So he has an expired wow. tag, a Phoenix license plate, a Phoenix license. I think all of it's expired. No proof of insurance. Great. And I'm just sitting there like, mm, we're not going to make that comedy <laughs> club gig. And <laughs> I'm going to get I'm going to get impounded with the car. They're going to oh, yeah. take me to the lot <laughs> and someone's going to have to come pay to get me out. And luckily he kept harping on the fact and Jason knows exactly who I'm talking about. Probably he kept yeah. harping on the fact. It's like, I'm reaching for my license. It's I, I don't have a gun in here. I used to be a Marine. I don't want to scare you. Oh my like, God. Every time he handed him something, he's like, I used to be a Marine. I don't have a gun. And so the guy was just like, have a good one because he used to be a Marine. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh yes. my God. He knew exactly what to do, dude. He was just like, did I, did I mention I used to be a Marine? <laughs> what a road dog. He knows all the little tricks. Yeah. Good yeah. for him. Oh, he was literally a Marine, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. That's we, wild. It saved our fucking bacon for sure. Because he was asking me at the time, he was like, sir, can you, would you be able to drive this vehicle if you had to? And I was like, I have a learner's permit. I don't. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even a licensed driver. <laughs> I'm, I'm no help in this situation. I'm hoping you don't fuck both of us right now. <laughs> oh my God. What a nightmare. Yeah, dude. Just, just stuff to deal with at uh, uh, American comedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Canadian comedy is very similar. This, this story didn't happen to me specifically, but it's a, it's a classic in the Canadian scene. There's this, there was these two comics. I mean, same thing. He was riding with the headliner like three hours north to this gig. And they were driving this van up there and then they do the gig and then they're like, okay, we're going to drive back to Toronto right after the gig. And the headliners no, he like points to the van. He goes, nope, we're going to, we're going to sleep in the van. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't want to sleep in a van with you. He goes, no, I made up a little bed and uh, we're going to save so much money by sleeping in this van together. And he's like, I barely know you. I'm not going to fart in the back of a van, this like windowless van with this guy I barely know. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. He's like, well, wake up in the morning, take a shower at a gym, you know, go see a movie, maybe fuck a chick. And I'm like, he's like, oh, my God, gym movie, fuck a chick in the van. Are you out of your fucking mind? He had to, like, beg him to drive back to Toronto. It was like what these headliners will do to save oh a little God. bit of money. Yeah, but see, I, I'm a musician and was on tour uh, for a, a year or two back in 2004, 2005. I was in a band called Fall as well, and we were we were signed, and we had some songs out that were on the charts. But we were touring in a uh, fifteen passenger church van, so I spent many many nights sleeping in that church van. So I, oh, I've yeah. been there. You get it. You get it. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. I couldn't. I could. There's so much I could not do now as a comedian that I. I like I, I remember when I first moved here, I did, I got a gig in San Francisco, which is like six hours north of here. And, uh, this guy was like, you can stay at my, my old place, like to save money on a hotel or whatever. I was like, okay. And I do the gig, barely paid anything. I go to his old place 
And it was like in just the shittiest part of San Francisco, which is like not hard to find because that place is a dump. <laughs> and it was like, I, I get in there. The floor is covered in crickets, first of all. Oh. Like crickets everywhere. It's this rickety old building. And then I see the room I'm supposed to stay in. It looks like someone freshly died on the rug. Like there was like a big stain on the rug in the middle. Like like someone just bled out. And was there, there was also Halloween. Was there deck. a drawing Hall- of a body on the floor? <laughs> there was no body. Like it was taken out in haste before the police showed up. And then so there was also Halloween decorations all over the room. And it was February. And oh, wow. then I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can sleep here. I'm texting the guy and he goes, oh, if you don't want to sleep there, there's a couch in the kitchen. I'm like, couch in the kitchen. I don't want to fucking sleep on a couch in the kitchen. But then I caught, I'm like, I'll, I'll save some money. I'll sleep on the couch. I go to the couch in the kitchen. I sit there for a second and I'm just kind of looking at all the crickets on the floor. And then some guy comes out of a room covered in bloody bandages because I guess his, his other roommate just got surgery because he was in like a fight or something. So he has bandages all over his face and his body. And he looks at me, he goes, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I am leaving is what I am. And then, so I, that was like my last big, I'm like, I can't do this type of thing anymore. I, I drove through the night. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to drive to LA. I can make it back there by six in the morning, I guess, which is terrible. But I ended up pulling off to a hotel. It was like a, you know, a motel six. And I got a room for like a hundred and something bucks. I was like, I'll do that. I'll just, I'll spend a yeah. little extra money. I can't do this fucking like road doggy bullshit anymore. Yeah. No, dude. There, there are some dudes that you go on the road with where it feels like every time you're just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was the, the same headliner that I had gotten pulled over with at the same gig, we had, um, the club we were working for put us up in a hotel that was across the street and they had a deal with the guys that we didn't have to pay or anything. And, um, in the middle of the night, like he just starts yelling. He just starts screaming in his sleep. <laughs> and, and I, and we, and then we both like my head shoots up and then his head shoots up and he's looking at me like, I'm stupid. Like, what are you doing? Oh like, my why? God. Like, cause he thought that I was screaming and woke him up. Really? <laughs> oh my God! Night terrors, Mister Night Terrors, over here. Yeah, and so I just like, no, dude, go go back to sleep and think about your time storming Normandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Like he should. Does he know he is night terror? Like he should at least let you know that he knows it's, now. I oh told God. him the next morning over breakfast. I was like, dude, you gotta get you fucking scream in your sleep. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's like I toured with a, a. It was me and two other guys. We toured the East Coast of Canada together, and one of the guys was a bigger guy. And uh, we found out the first night that he snores like a banshee. Like he snores so like like scream snoring, kind of like what like, it was so loud. And it was at the point where me and the other comic were in the other bed, and we're like. We're like, we're going to take the Bible out of the side table and smack him across the head. Like, we're going to murder this guy. Like, he doesn't even know. Well, that's, and, that's why when, I, when we were on tour and in the nights that we did get hotel rooms, I made sure with management to get us two hotel rooms. One was my room. One was the, the party room. Like, if you yeah, wanted oh, to yeah. party, you go to that room. You come to yeah. my room. It's for sleeping and shutting the fuck up. That's the two yeah. things you do in my room. Yeah, that's good. That's a good plan. That's an adult plan. That's what adults do. Because most of the time, there were only two of us that there were 
eight people on the road. It was five uh, five guys in the band, uh, our merch roadie guy, um, our road manager, and our sound guy, all in this band. So, I mean, it, it was like I had. There were only two of us that could drive, and the only <laughs> other guy that had a, an actual license that wasn't suspended was drunk most of the time. So guess who oh, got God. to do most of the driving? Me. <laughs> so what I needed all the sleep I could get. I've never toured like that. I've like toured with like two, three guys tops. Like I've never yeah. done more than that. It's even when I tour now, I open for a, 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 this headliner regularly and we'll just meet there. Like we'll fly there, meet yeah. separate. It's completely separate. So oh, I'm like, that's one perfect. of the best hotels we ever stayed at was, uh, I don't even remember where we were, but we get, they tell, they call us, you know, we had a Blackberry. Blackberry was brand new at the time. Classic. You know, they call us Canadian they, phone, by the way, yeah, made, and, in Canada, and, made in Canada. They're like, we got you a hotel room. You know, it's at blah, blah, blah. So we go there and this is the sketchiest looking hotel you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's like something out of Breaking Bad or just like <laughs> the worst place you could you get when we get checked in. We're going to our room and me and the one of our guitar players, you know, I got my my bag and I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm shuffling to the room right next to our room is the, the room. The door is open. There's like five dudes um, that look like they were just straight up gangbangers. And <laughs> one of the dudes, like one dude in the hallway, just like standing there with his arm crossed, smoking a cigarette. I oh, look no. in the room. I turn my head and there's a dude sitting on the edge of the bed with a fucking needle hanging out of his arm no and, and i'm just like i look back at my guitar player lenny and i'm just like i don't know about you guys but i'm going to sleep in the van and that's where yeah. i slept that night was in the van by myself great choice you avoided bed bugs fully going in your asshole absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh. i was not about to sleep in that place was wasn't no. gonna happen oh I hate it. Ah, road stories. Road stories. <laughs> I can yeah. smell it. I can smell the rugs now. Yep. Dude, I have, I have plenty of stories from the time where I went on the road with seven other comedians. So it was an eight comedian tour. Oh, my God. Doing, yeah, dude, doing a run of three different cities in three different states and none of us getting paid because there's eight guys going yeah. on tour. That's <laughs> <laughs> just not financially sound. No. But instead of telling those stories, because we only got a few minutes left here, Matt, I want to hit you with a question that has become the pinnacle question of our podcast. This question, we've, we've sort of built this whole uh, experiment off the backs of this question. It's been asked to people like Sam Talent, Sean Patton, Dave Stone. Some of the biggest names in comedy have come on this podcast and subjected themselves to what this question is. Okay. <laughs> Matt O'Brien, when was the last time you shit your pants as a grown man? I can tell you exactly the time I shit my pants. <laughs> uh, I was, it was in Toronto, and I, no, no, this was it. I think this one counts. I was in Venice Beach on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, this okay. was the first year we moved to. Good setup. Good setup. Yeah. I almost <laughs> could end the story right there. You were on Muscle Beach, and you just <laughs> shit your pants. <laughs> I saw a guy flex, and I went, yeah. Uh. I shit my pants. Uh, no, it was Venice Beach, St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we all did mushrooms as you do on Venice Beach and St. Patrick's Day. And I barely, I like never do mushrooms, so they, I don't know if they were bad mushrooms. Something didn't agree with me. Also, I got drunk as hell. Classic. So 
uh, go back to our uh, guest house that we're staying in. We're staying in our friend's guest house, which is in Santa Monica. And I'm right before I'm going to bed. I'm like, I got the spins. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna barf. And then I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna shit. Oh my god, I'm gonna barf and shit. And so I went to go barf, and I started shitting. Like I basically shit my pants. But then I I did I did a quick flip. And I was like, okay, I'll sit. And then I was just trying not to barf, but then also shitting. And it's still hazy in my mind. I'm just like, I woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh my God, I think I barfed and shit last night. And I confirmed it because I went to the bathroom and I must have taken my underwear off and flung them in the tub because they were like stuck <laughs> to the side of the shower <laughs> on the wall, like some sort of fucking Jackson Pollock painting. Whoa. Oh my and- God. And I was like, well, that is a night. That is a night to remember. Um, that's how you do it down in Venice Beach, I guess. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a night to not remember. Jacob, not remember. Jacob, I think we have to start ranking our uh, shit stories with comedians. That that ranks up there with uh, the Steve yeah. Byrne shit story. Yeah, dude. Steve Byrne came on uh, two weeks ago and told us a story that I think is the all-time greatest shit your pants story ever told on this podcast i'll have to listen to that but yours is Please coming do. in you're coming in hot right behind it so amazing <laughs> yeah Take yours that, and and jonathan mangum dude do you remember jonathan mangum's uh, so jonathan that? mangum of whose line is it anyway fame wayne brady's best friend helps him host let's make a deal every week on primetime on cbs took a dump in a bag and then put the bag on the kitchen table for his mom to find. Wait, as an adult? No, this was he oh. was he was too old to be doing it. He was a teenager. Oh, wow. in his parents' house, but like it counts, dude. Was yeah. it like Wait, was he like I'm sick and someone needs to study this shit? I don't Can you send this to a sick. doctor? So I I if I remember correctly, I think he he did it at school. Uh, put his put his underwear that contained a lot of fecal matter into the the bag. I got see. home, went to go clean himself up, and left it on the kitchen table. And then his mom <laughs> comes home and is like, "What's this, Jonathan?" And opens the bag. And it's oh, just, that would smell. It's just shit <laughs> yeah. in the bag. That's a good one. That's good. That is That's a good, good one, dude. It's amazing think, how many comedians just have like the best shit yourself stories. Like well, why? we're very unhealthy people, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's we're we're just constantly shitting. They were the Dude, right people to ask. I feel like mine's up there too. I, I tell it on other podcasts because I've told it like five times on this podcast. But anytime I guest on podcasts now, I tell them about the three Tuesdays in a row I shit my pants. Three in a row Tuesdays. Wow. Three in a row Tuesday every single week. Three weeks in a row. On a oh Tuesday. man! After the third one, I mean, after the second one, you're like. Here comes the third one. Like you must have been expecting the third. Just being like, it must be. I guess this is my life right now. But listen to this. I, I, Jacob was was uh, was uh, MC in the open mic at the time. The local open mic at the juke joint is standing at the bar. Show's about to start. Jacob's like, I think I'm. A, I just shit my pants. Runs in the bathroom. <laughs> comes out a few minutes later. Starts the show and does five minutes about how he shit himself and left his underwear in the garbage. So there's people leaving the, 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 the crowd area to actually go in the bathroom to look at a check. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they checked on it. And of like, course oh, you yeah. would. They're like, he did not make it up. <laughs> it's in there. Wow. 
this guy's good where they like wow a true comedian yeah <laughs> he's a real truth teller it's like this guy's the next andy kaufman he's yeah. just so he's avant-garde com- committing to the bit uh, well matt it has been an absolute pleasure having you on this show. This has been one of the most fun conversations I think we've had in a while here on well, the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What a blast. But uh, any uh, anything you want to plug before we get out of here this evening? Oh, man, uh, just follow me on Instagram. It's just Matt O'Brien. It's just my name. And, uh, yeah, I post uh, tour dates and all that other business uh, there. And, uh, yeah, please come see a show and pay money uh, so I can justify this green card that I paid for. (laughs) Awesome. What about you, Jacob? What do you got coming up? Uh, Well, I would very much suggest going to see Matt O'Brien on the road. He is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I myself, I have a show coming up October 6th at the Alabama Music Box. You can get tickets at alabamamusicbox.com for the Stone versus Drunk versus Sober Showcase. I will be on Team Drunk trying to take home that W. And next month, we have an all-time classic month on Open Micers, dude. We have a busy month coming up next month. We've got Lisa Curry, Andrew Rudick, Sean Donnelly, the return of Mo Alexander, and we have a lot of uh, funny local Open Micer comedians the first time we've had real open micers on in, the, in a very long time. So I am very excited about next month. And you can see all of that if you get into the Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash OM podcast to see all of that a day early. And uh, to oh, everybody yeah. uh, that, that watches the show on YouTube or whatever, even if you don't listen, watch on YouTube, we, I just dropped the video uh, to the public today uh, for our extra Patreon content where Jacob ate the uh the thailand mega cheese burger king mega cheeseburger that had 21 slices of cheese on it and uh i think um it plugged him up for a few days <laughs> oh yeah you gotta well. he's, he's been shitting his pants every tuesday for how long <laughs> throw some cheese in that guy for god's sake dude ironically i i went home and it it had the opposite effect fantastic your <laughs> body should be studied cheese. scientists need to study your body absolutely and, uh, yeah, well, speaking of dude. poop, uh, my band Falls from Grace is going to be playing at Tracks in Long Beach on the 21st of October. Uh, so go check that out. Go follow uh, Falls from Grace on Instagram or a Falls from Grace band, I mean. And uh, go follow me at JFunktastic. I'll let you know where everything's going to be. So, uh, gentlemen, is that everything for this episode? Good for me. All right. Well, let's let's step out the door. If you want to email us, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. Go to openmikers.com. Uh, that's our website. You can read Jacob's blog posts up there and all that good stuff. Linktree slash openmikerspodcast takes you everywhere you need to go. And uh, don't forget brezcoffeeco.com. Use the code OM podcast to check out for 10% off. We love you guys, and we will see you all next week. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.